When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Matt Lee, And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod, Pod Yourself a Gun, a Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and, and talk, talk about, about it. it. Thank you again so much for tuning in to the world's only Sopranos podcast in the world. Um, once again... Give us five stars and a review. Um, for there's a multitude of reasons why you should do it. Just do um, it. He won't stop asking this. I try to make him stop, but he won't. Yeah, and he, and you know that's the thing is uh, I will stop if we reach a thousand before the series is over. So uh, I would like you to do that. Anyways, um, fine. That, that's it. That's all I want to say about it. Okay. I'm not even gonna. Not even going to continue talking about it. Uh, today, Vince and I, and a guest, are going to be talking about, from season 6B of The Sopranos, episode 5, Walk Like a Man. And uh, our guest is a returning Pod Yourself a Gun champion. You know her for her work on Upworthy Weekly, Childish, and, of course, Allison Rosen is your new best friend, the podcast. Who stars our in guest- that, Matt? It's our guest, Allison Rosen. Oh. Hello. It's so exciting to be back. I love that I'm a champion. I didn't know that there was a competition, but I love a competition, mm-hmm. and I love that I've crushed other people oh, to emerge them. victorious. <laughs> um, I am going for the gold, and I want to be the champion, the MVP yes. of <laughs> all of this. I want to actually – I want to just – crush both mm-hmm. of you and i want to be the winner at the end <laughs> yep i yeah, want to no, host that's how it works that does uh, oh, it it's a game yeah, show yeah yeah, yeah i want to not... receive the big check and yeah. i don't mean like i mean sure i'll take money but i mean physically the yeah. like large check they hand you at the end when you awkwardly yeah. dance it'll, as the it'll, credits roll. it'll have the pod yourself a gun logo on it and then yes. it'll have the amount of uh, fifteen thousand gabagools yes and i want the all the gabagools that is that that's it's at some point gabagool coin will be a cryptocurrency and um and that'll be that'll be what we pay you yeah in. but well, you uh, can spend it in the metaverse and mm-hmm. uh that's a good place to be we got yeah so many fine establishments there in virtual yeah. space. crypto curious <laughs> i mean we're, we're you, all a little cu- curious about crypto yeah. you know what is it who is it why is it where are the drugs where can i get drugs give me drugs yes that, that's I, where I'll, i like it 
Um, I, I myself am an, I am an NFT. You are an NFT. Yeah. You think that you see me, but I'm actually just an NFT. Wow, you are blockchain technology. I thought you you were looking very non fungible today. I noticed. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I think you know. Uh, <laughs> I have two children, and they're also NFTs. No, but I have two children, and we were recently. I'm going to make this story fast because it could be long, but we We have five more episodes of this podcast. We might as well just drag them out. What are you going to do? I don't know, dude. We're going to talk about another show, I think. Ooh, that's exciting. More yeah. chance for me to beat other people yeah, as exactly. the most exactly. valuable guest. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we, we converted from toddler bed to bunk beds, which, by the way, I didn't do enough thinking about that because now I spend all my time worried that they are going to fall out of the top bunk, which no one oh, is yeah. even sleeping in the top bunk, but they like to hang out up there. But anyway... I uh, didn't realize that there's like a thousand decisions that need to be made in terms of what mattress to get. Mm. And this was all done during the pandemic. So there was no actually going to a mattress store. It was just all online. And I'm sort of indecisive to begin with. But there was one mattress I was looking at and it said that it it was like the materials are sourced on the blockchain or something. And it like broke my brain. What does that mean? What I don't understand how a mattress can be have anything to do with a blockchain, and it didn't make me want to buy it. The mattress is um is fungible, and it means that you can either sleep on top of the mattress or you can gather multiple mattresses. You know that block trade it for ETH. A blockchain (laughs) is actually the original memory foam because it. Every transaction is recorded. And yes. so true. Yeah. It's like, however you toss and turn, yeah. the, it's going to be it's, on the blockchain. It's on the ledger. It's, yeah, you the can ledger. see it. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's very secure. You know, it's a it's a very secure mattress. I thought you were tro- Trojan horsing some sort of Casper read uh, into this podcast. That would where, be like, so Where you have great. a sponsorship that just transcends whichever <laughs> podcast that you have. Oh, to my on. God. That's, that is the future of podcasting, mm-hmm. where I yeah. come on other people's podcasts and I do a few reads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That That is like... That is the best way, I think. That's how we're going to get into idiocracy territory where everyone's just sitting around a table saying sponsored by Carl's Jr. uh, (laughs) because they get paid every single time they say it. It'll be you getting paid every time you, uh, you know, talk about uh, Blue Apron on New York Times The Daily podcast. Mm -hmm. It'll be an episode about like Ukraine and you'll be like, uh, by the way, um, have you guys ever tried Blue Apron? (laughs) Just like all these dead people around see if only yeah. these russian soldiers have been taking athletic greens uh, a great way to get all of your probiotics and vitamins in one handy drink joe biden is uh visiting kiev to uh give a whole basket of sherry's berries to <laughs> Zelensky. sherry's berries they're the best berries i don't know i've never heard of sherry's berries yet um but uh you you mentioned um you, that you have kids. I did, yeah. Speaking of children. Speaking of children. Oh, um, I okay. Yeah, uh, this is uh, wild, but uh, I'm going to be a dad, you guys. Congratulations. That's so exciting. Oh, it's I like know. a read for children. Do yeah. you have the clip of, of where Tony's talking about his, uh, his poison genes from this episode? <laughs> yeah. My rotten fucking putrid genes have infected my kid's soul. <laughs> 
Here's the thing, though. I've got Perfect. really good jeans. Yeah. Uh-huh. My jeans are good. And I mean, okay, I have rotten putrid jeans, of course. But Francesca has like very good jeans. And together, we're going to have a medium jeaned That's baby. Good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, it'll it'll have all, it'll have all of her strengths and none of my weaknesses is what I'm hoping. Um, that's, it's a girl. That's how it works. Yeah. That's how parenthood works. I feel like because it's a girl, it's not going to be a me. It's going to be a her. Right. Is that uh, how it works? That is not. It's not. That is not how it works necessarily. Aww. It could work that way. <laughs> If it's a me as a girl, I fear for it. That's you know what I mean. Because well, you have like, a fraternal twin who's a girl. Like you have. Oh, you do. Yeah, I do. Does your fraternal she- twin also eat scared? Which is like the, my favorite detail about you that Vince told me <laughs> on my show. No, she she doesn't eat scared. Like she eats regular. I ate scared because both her and my brother would always try to steal my food so i don't think that was genetic as much as it was just like a a a, a nurture behavior not a nature behavior you I know what i mean my memory was that you can't breathe out of your nose so you're there's always a, yeah, like that's yeah that, in danger the, of choking when you're eating. it's that too i'm also afraid of choking there's a there's a myriad of just intersecting neuroses that are happening mm-hmm. every time i eat a food and <laughs> so so I mean, I'm just hoping that my daughter, uh, my daughter is going to <laughs> going to be OK and um, not is because I was a horny little boy. Like, I don't want to like, you know, I want to like a pure, pure little girl. That's so exciting. Congratulations. How is Francesca feeling? How far along is she? She is. She is 15 weeks um, and she's feeling good. She didn't get uh, like super sick or anything like that. She didn't have like the morning good. morning sickness. Um, she's feel a little bit bloated, but um, I think a lot of that is there's a baby inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's good. Uh, the, 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 they don't really get mean until the third trimester. Oh, uh, is that right? Yeah. The third trimester is when yeah, they get that, mean. Yeah. Watch out for that. Oh, no. I was hoping that, like, maybe I was going to avoid it completely. No. Um, because the great thing about, um, you know, her being pregnant is she's no longer drinking uh, wine, a.k.a. Mommy's Mean Juice. <laughs> and um, and so she, she's been it's been great. We've had a really civil yeah, time. It's true. I forgot but there's that you, upside for you. Are you telling me that the third trimester is just going to be just like her ho- hormones are going to become Mommy's Mean Juice? Is that? <laughs> yeah. God Kinda. damn. Well, Allison, what was your experience? Did you get more angry uh, during the third trimester? I did. But I also was not really a (laughs) peach the first or second trimester. Mm, Uh, Okay. But I did find that I was a little more short-tempered near the Mm. end. There was just like, it was dumb stuff. There, I found there really is a real urge to nest and to have the space set up for the baby. And we were pretty late in getting the nursery set up and there were mm. these shelves that Daniel was building and it, he was being very fastidious with it and it was taking him a while to get it right. And so mm-hmm. his need to have the shelves be perfect was butting up against my need to have the shelves be finished. And so yeah. it was creating conflict and I was kind of unpleasant about that. And I forget. Yeah. I mean, there, there was some, I, I think I, I think, Daniel 
would probably agree with Vince that I wasn't that pleasant in <laughs> at times during the. You're also very, very uncomfortable. Of in course, the third you got a whole baby inside of yeah. you, and it's like the the guy's fault. He's like right there. <laughs> Yes. That's the guy who's done this to you. I mean, I I fully expect a third trimester like Francesca just telling me how much I've ruined her body and yeah, and all I think that there's stuff. a lot of that where you're like, it's, where I you know I'm like going out, going to work out or something, and then she's just looking yeah. at me like I'm a piece of shit because I'm con- <laughs> I'm contributing nothing to like the body ruining of creating this uh, yeah. creature. Like I'm just carrying on like uh, like yeah, I did before. It's also- I think it's the it's the unfairness of like I'm doing everything yeah, right. for this because yeah. at that point sleep is difficult and mm. you're kind of uncomfortable in every position and I don't know if it's true or not but they say that you wake up all the time because your body's getting ready to not really get any sleep when the baby comes. I don't know if that's oh. sort of like a backwards logic kind of thing but it does seem to be accurate. So Shit. and then like I don't know if you snore do you, I, do you snore? I, I snore, but she falls asleep first usually, so she doesn't hear my snores. Okay. Because around that time, I was just like, someone's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Number one, Vince, I don't have to worry about her being resentful of you know me going to the gym because I don't work out. You know what I mean? I'm just going to – in fact, I'm going to get uh, gain more weight in solidarity – with mm. my with my boo yeah but she um, might resent that too you never know you it's can't like win a, yeah it's a russian no roulette of these women there's no winning with these women <laughs> it's a russian roulette of resentments and guess what all the chambers are full <laughs> oh fantastic <laughs> well no it's gonna be great yeah i'm very no, excited fine it's it's great uh the only you thing- don't drink anyway so that's that won't be like a source of conflict that's nice yeah, no, exactly. It's perfect. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it'll be it'll be nice. Uh, you know, this is crazy. In season six, I promised people. You know, I was like, by the time this podcast is over, uh-huh. I will be a dad. Exactly. And look, it happened. Yeah. I didn't really say that, but you know, in a way, we can go back. Uh, we can put that in there. It, yeah, yeah, people were expecting it, even if no one said it or thought it. Exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, just a reminder. Patreon.com slash broadcast. Uh, now more than ever, do right. I need yeah, the money? He does. Because uh, <laughs> uh, babies are expensive from what I've heard. Oof, although, I have no you idea. Know. Really? I mean, how expensive could they possibly be? It's just like, what? You give them a hamburger every once every couple days. I'm trying to remember what, what daycare costs. I think it's like 300 a week. Oh, that's. I mean. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, what what else? Real bad. What other costs are there? And that's in there? Fresno. Have fun. God damn it. Well, it'll be fine. This is not a Matt is about to be a dad in October podcast. No, this is a Sopranos podcast. Uh, and we, of course, cannot start the podcast without first listening to the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. Pod. 
Pod. Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else, today, once again, we're going to be talking about from season 6B of The Sopranos, episode 5 Walk Like a Man. Uh, and this episode premiered on May 6th, 2007. Uh, Vince. Break us off a little piece of that synopsis. Christopher's <laughs> father-in-law is the unwitting catalyst of a new feud between Christopher and Polly. AJ struggles with depression. Yep. That's, mm-hmm. That is what was happening in the episode. What was happening um, in... In your the, neck of the woods. No, uh, yeah, that's In not the world. Yeah, in the world. Yeah. That's right. You know, we can't have art without cultural... Con- anyway, this is the Remember yeah. When machine. What? What? Remember Remember when is the lowest form of conversation. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We're taking you all the way back to May 6th, 2007. Um, So many things were happening. It was the late aughts. We were... Uh, mm-hmm. A year away from a presidential election. That's right. Uh, Nicolas Sarkozy was just elected the president of France. Oh yeah, guys, who was he? You remember that? What was he, what was he about? He, I forget. He him. was a hot wife guy. Uh, yeah, he was a hot wife guy. That's right. Um, other things that were happening. Uh, this was from the New York Times, uh, May sixth, two thousand seven. Headline: The end of cocaine and the beverage. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> the short life of a highly caffeinated beverage known as cocaine has come to an end. Oh. Redux Beverages announced today that it would rename the product following the Food and Drug Administration decision last month that the marketing campaign was illegal. The- Get the fuck out of here. This is what the FDA like meanwhile the FDA is approving oxycodone for like a uh, for like a, a hurt ankle, and, you know. And don't get me started on these vaccines. Uh, hold on i'm just i'm just saying i'm saying that it's like that was what the fda was worried about them naming a drink cocaine yeah uh the agency cited regulations on quote street drug alternatives as well as dietary supplements since the drink claimed to reduce cholesterol with inositol as it happens that chemical is sometimes used as a cutting agent for cocaine the drug uh, well, that's okay. That's a problem. The decision today marked the failure of a completely straightforward marketing strategy that invited and embraced controversy as part of a campaign to attract 20 and 30 year olds. Redux's owner summed it up in two words, controversy sells. Mm. T- to that end, mm-hmm. the marketing was soaked with claims that the drink was almost illegal. <laughs> quote, <laughs> quote, the cocaine energy drink is the highly controversial new high caffeine beverage that has been getting so much press and is banned by 7-Eleven. Uh, <laughs> Redux's uh, management may have looked to grown-up lawyers before deciding on whether to fight the FDA, but two teenage boys appear to be leading a fiery response on the drink's official site. Uh, other oh. web foolery includes a rebellious note on some product pages, banned by the man, and mocking portraits of government officials on the drink's MySpace page. Oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. That's the best. That's badass, dude. It. Yeah, they were disrupting the cocaine market, which is usually very dangerous. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. one of those one of those markets you don't, you don't disrupt no, yeah, you out don't wanna, of fear. No, you don't want to. You don't want to disrupt that market. Uh, no, it's a bad market. Um, in Sopranos news, because look, Sopranos. Ooh. This was two thousand seven, last yeah. season. It was big news by this point. Uh, from the post, uh, fearless predictions for Sopranos afterlife. 
Oh God. It's, it's pretty <laughs> bad. I don't knew. think we have to read the whole thing, but I'll give you a taste. Uh, with, yeah, please. With only five episodes left in the Sopranos final season, including this week's, it is time to look forward to the future. And that can mean just one thing, spinoffs. So in my continuing effort to be as helpful as possible, blah, 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 blah. Uh, here are seven ideas for Soprano spinoffs. Uh, forget about it. Contestants' memories will be put to the test in this fast-paced quiz show from the makers of Family Feud. Fun-loving. Wait, pop- I'm so I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought this was going to be about spinoffs. This is just a game show. That's no, this called- is this is some guy's idea for potential spinoffs for for this. That's not a spinoff. That's a whole other thing. That's a game show. That's not a narrative. Well, you haven't heard the whole description yet. Okay, keep going. Fun-loving Polly Walnuts is the colorful host who will dismiss dismiss losing contestants with the sure-to-be-classic catchphrase reflected in the show's title. Okay, I'm sorry. So then the show is a show. It's a show about a game show. It's no, not a show within a show. No, it's a game show hosted by Tony Sirico. Sirico. Well, that's again, that's not a spinoff. That's just... I, I hate to it's be It's a spinoff if he goes here. by Polly Walnuts in his fiction. If he goes by Polly Walnuts... And he points, and it's a, it, points at people with the two fingers on the board. I mean... Let me just be clear. I would watch that show. Uh-huh. I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it. I'm just saying that's not what a spinoff is. That's true. Who wrote Who wrote this story? Austin Smith. Okay. Him. I don't know. Is that? Yeah. Anybody know him? Okay. Nope. Uh, no. I I just thought maybe it was because it's some, someone's colorful take on spinoffs, or as Matt would say, that's not a spinoff. So I just right. thought, is this some writer that we're familiar with? But right. No, right. It's not. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I, um, is this the Borowitz report? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so today, today, sorry for the digression, but today I uh, discovered this British columnist uh, named Adrian Childs, who has apparently written like a series of hilarious sounding like opinion pieces. I think mm-hmm. it's in the Daily Mail. <laughs> and the one from today is just titled, I have a urinal in my flat and it has changed my life. So why are people appalled? <laughs> 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 and he's just this very like british pug-nosed looking guy in a suit yeah. with no tie uh yeah um bobby loves janice who knew witness protection could be so funny steve shirapa and ada Taturo are back as bobby and janice Bacalieri in this riotous comedy as mysterious neighbors who suddenly take up residence in a typical midwest suburb with clea lewis and Patton oswald who's clea lewis did i did she, I don't know. Was she in King thing? of Queens? Could be, yeah, probably. I, no, that's I, uh, um, Leah Remini. That's the one. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I feel like our pal Austin Smith, who no one's heard of, purposefully is coming up with cheeky, dumb ideas. Yeah, yeah. It sure yeah. seems like that, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is um, th- he's he's not. These aren't real pitches. This is just right. off the top of his head. No, what you say? He's, you know, he's that's a funny fine. guy. I mean, this is something that I probably would have written in two thousand seven. Yeah, uh, Silvio After Dark, for oh, this God. stylish syndicated talk show designed for weekend late night time periods, strip club entrepreneur Silvio Dante revives the cool, sexy cocktail party format made famous in the nineteen sixties by Hugh Hefner. Uh. You want you want to hear right. the rest of these? Or are we? we I kind of do. Okay. I mean, yeah. Just give me your favorites, maybe. Jennifer Melfi, M.D. Doctor <laughs> Melfi leaves the pressures of treating a mob sociopath behind and moves to a small town in Colorado to start a new life as a therapist for the town's quirky residents. Treat Williams co-stars. 
I love the like just uh, the fantasy casting mm-hmm. in here is also very 2007. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Treat Williams. Yeah, what? <laughs> is that the One Tree Hill guy? <laughs> you got me. Uh, I think it is. Lil Sopranos. Lil Tony and friends Lil Polly and Lil Silvio are the Lil Rascals of New Jersey in this new animated kids series designed for Saturday mornings. Honestly, I would at this point. I'm like, I bet you Austin Smith got a meeting with. David Chase and HBO Max because <laughs> what ended up actually happening right. is they made the Many Saints of Newark, which no one could have foreseen that that was going to be the plot. The plot is, um, oh, it's a, it's a, it's about this black guy who uh, hangs out uh, near the mob, and it's about Dicky Maltasante just kind of walking around, going, "Hey, go, go, go!" You know, no one could have seen that coming. You know, right. Um, yeah, so that was that. Uh, there's an article about uh, the foreclosure maven who is uh, charging people forty five dollars or no, yeah, forty five dollars a month to join her website where she tells you how to profit on uh, foreclosures and and make your real estate fortune. Um, is it Barbara Corcoran? No, it is. Her name is Alexis McGee. Hmm, that sounds made up. That sounds fake. McGee says foreclosure investing should be about, quote, helping people and doing deals so the owner who loses a house could come would come to visit yours a year later if you asked. What? Uh, it's, it sounds goofy in these toughening times, but more than two decades after she says she earned her first $180,000 in real estate at age 23, McGee and her family-owned website, foreclosures.com, have become authority figures inside the foreclosure storm blowing through the housing market. Oh, so that's that that started. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, we're here. The foreclosures are happening. Yep. You can nice. and you can pay forty nine ninety five a month for her online lists of foreclosures. Jesus Christ, that is expensive. Um it I you know and uh, with she also has a very... book called the foreclosures.com guide to making huge sorry, it's continued on the next page. Uh, <laughs> Someone else's tragedy is your profit. Look at yes. <laughs> Making huge profits, investing in pre foreclosures without selling your soul. It's important. Oh, good. Yeah, oh, good. Yeah, I'm yeah, glad. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah I'm just how to murder I'm so how sick. to murder a whole family without selling soul. I'm so sick of these woke foreclosure mills these days. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yes, the woke mind virus had already taken hold back yeah. then. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I really, um, I do love that. It's like. This is a, a period of time in which I obviously I remember and I remember being like, in, you know, leaving college and being like, well, there goes the whole you get a job right after college yeah, thing. Yeah. But Just having in time. Now, yeah, it's perfect timing. <laughs> uh, but having now, um, you know, grown up, I'm a little bit older, a little bit wiser. Uh, I would like for there to be another housing uh, market crash so that I could buy a house because that is impossible right now it would be Not really now nice to matt buy. i'm a homeowner now well you just as long as you keep paying your mortgage and you're fine you sure. know yeah yeah uh, patreon.com <laughs> slash broadcast <laughs> yes uh so no it's gotten insane right now <laughs> yeah. it's, insane. it's insane yeah i mean you know like carm sold her spec house for what like uh six hundred thousand or yeah, a, a that's, million that's dollars like 1.6 now that is easily three million dollars i bet you i mean i don't know 
but probably. I don't know New Jersey prices, but let me tell I you. I don't know either. Yeah. It's uh, quite a quite a lot of cannolis, <laughs> as they say. A lot of gaba, in, a lot of scuttle. A lot of scuttle. Uh, lastly, I know I'm going long on this, but uh, in this episode, Carmelo was reading the book uh, Rebel in Chief. So yeah, what, I had what to, was that? I had to was look that, that about? one up. Uh, uh, Rebel in Chief, Inside the Bold and Controversial Presidency of George W. Bush. Uh, by author Fred Barnes. Um, <laughs> with Rebel in Chief, veteran political reporter Fred Barnes provides the defining book on George W. Bush's preg- presidency, giving an insider's got view. Pregnancy on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, giving an insider's view of how Bush's unique presidential style and bold reforms are dramatically remaking the country and indeed, absolutely the world. Yeah. No. He absolutely as was. He did remake the world by a lot. Yeah. I think. Uh, um, there's also a bullet point part. Uh, Rebel in chief reveals uh, how Bush acts as an insurgent force in the nation's capital, uh, a <laughs> different kind of president who is turning the Washington establishment on its ear. Yeah, <laughs> the guy whose dad ran the CIA and <laughs> yeah. was also president is really yes. <laughs> he's really yeah he's a real outsider <laughs> force, real insurgency going on. Uh, next, I mean to be fair, he did do 9/11. <laughs> yeah, you could. That's very insurgent tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, very insurgent. <laughs> second bullet point: How Bush is redefining conservatism for a new era and creating a new Republican majority. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's gonna yeah. keep last. That's gonna last forever. Uh, yeah. Third bullet point: The inside story of how Bush has revolutionized American foreign policy and how the president's crusade for democracy would have been anathema to Bush himself only five years ago. Hmm. I wonder who convinced him otherwise. <laughs> oh, Dick Janey. Uh, well, th- yeah. this seems like uh, it was the defining book of his presidency. And absolutely, there's been no changes of opinion on George W. Bush <laughs> yep. now. Mm-hmm. People look at him, they go, what a rebel. Yeah. That guy, what a what a badass. Yeah, when I people love talk about the Republicans today, they say George W. Uh, Bush's party. Yep, that's what they say. They say <laughs> he that's the guy. It. Yeah, they he did. He uh, he invented uh, being a cuck servative. That's what he, he did. He went from president straight to kingmaker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, top movies in the country. Uh, this was the second weekend of Spider Man. No, first weekend of Spider Man Three, which uh, earned 150 million dollars at the box office with the uh, good old. Uh, What's his face? Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire, who had the emo hair. Uh, yeah, this is the one where they had uh, Venom in it, right? It was the Sand Sandman. Yeah, I think Venom was in that one too. Yeah, yeah, it's Venom. Uh, Disturbia, Fracture, The Invisible, and Next. Um, mm-hmm. Top pop song in the country was "Makes Me Wonder" by Maroon Five, who Oy. also did 9/11. Um and <laughs> the top rock song was "Still Breath" by Breaking Benjamin. Wow, that I song. Don't know that one? I don't think. Yeah, I I recently listened to it and I still didn't know it. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I was on a lot of drugs in 2007, but I feel like I still knew songs from the radio. So I don't understand how I missed kind, an entire kind of seemed like a mashup of like Nickelback and Aaron, yeah. Aaron Lewis or something. Yeah. yeah Which it drugs is... were you on? 
Oh, I was a big junkie. So I was I was on heroin, but I was also, you know, I was also like, you know, Xanax and acid and fuck, you know, just like all that stuff, man. And all, so, so all of them, all the drugs, all the yes. drugs. I even I think that was uh, no the year before 2006 was my cocaine summer. And that, <laughs> that was a summer where I was like, I'm going to be a cocaine guy. And um <laughs> The thing about being a cocaine guy is no one likes a cocaine guy. No. Um, as opposed to like a heroin guy well, is great. People who because, want cocaine, but usually, usually the. Cocaine. Well, I wasn't trying to share my cocaine, right, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that was I was on a lot of drugs, but I knew songs, and that one didn't know Breaking Benjamin. Although we did get a comment on our Patreon that said "fuck you," uh, Breaking Benjamin rules, and so um, fair was it enough. signed B Ben? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, not lead singer of Breaking Benjamin. <laughs> um, all right, so that's what was going on at the time. That's right. Um, and uh, now it is time for this week's Bought a B story. Uh, you read the synopsis. It was boring. But my synopsis is um, much more interesting. Uh, and here's a little bit of it right now. I may not always love you. But long as you eat the gabagool, <laughs> Chrissy begins to spiral. AJ seems so suicidal. Gobbly knows what I'll do without you. There's no real reason why I chose this song. I yeah, just it's, like it's the song. It's odd that AJ has trouble. What's that? It's, it's a little odd that you didn't choose the song that was referenced in the title of the episode. I listened to it and I was just like, I don't really like. First of all, I can't sing like Frankie Valley. Well, who can? You know? But I was like, yeah, well, if, if people want kind of like a multi-part harmony with the, some falsetto, mm. I was some Beach Boys. Sleepy. He lays on the couch all day weeping. Tony voices him on Parisi. He thinks depression's cured by titties. Gobbly knows what I'll do without you. song just kind of goes on like that for a while but um yeah you know as usual you can hear the full song at the very end of the episode but uh yeah this is an episode in which chrissy is spiraling out of control after feuding with paulie over some stolen tools and aj is depressed because of the breakup with blanca and um you know and tony's trying to get him out of it by being like hey have you ever heard of titties and, how about uh, a blowjob? How about a blowjob? You get a little bit of dick suck. It'll give all the serotonin right back in your brain. Um, and yeah, so that that is what the episode is about. Vince, what are your thoughts on this episode? Let's get into general thoughts. I I love this episode. Like this is uh, this is I feel like this is a favorite. This is a favorite episode. It's got mm. uh, it's got the whole Sopranos gang. Yeah, uh, they're all the gang is in here in the episode. No, but I mean it's a. Uh, it's sort of Polly and Christopher centric, which is always always fun playing to the show's strengths. But it's also 
you know, it's about it's about Tony and AJ, which is to say it's about daddy issues and trying <laughs> to inculcate your values on uh, on your offspring uh, who are living in a world that uh, where your values don't really apply. Um, yeah. And that's kind of like the classic theme uh, of the Sopranos. Um, and it's also super funny, but also has uh, dramatic moments and, and like big bombshells. I don't know what more you could ask from an episode uh, than this one's yeah. given us, basically. Fair enough. Allison, did you like this episode? I really did like this episode as well. Um, my reaction was, wow, so much happened in this episode. I feel yeah. like it was really packed. Um, so unlike, I forget which episode I did the last time I came on when I set the precedent as a future champion. Yeah, that's But at right. that point, I think I was watching all of the series at that time. So mm-hmm. I was pretty up on what had come before the episode we did and what was coming afterwards. Um, and so now a little bit as time of time has passed since I have watched the whole series. So I was, I just, you know, picked up with this episode. So I'm a little rusty on right. everything. So it was sort of being reminded again of like, oh yeah, that's, oh yeah, that's. So yeah. We, with each new thing, it was like, you know, all the story surrounding it was coming back to me. Right. Um, and I was just, like I said, sort of overwhelmed with how dense this episode was. I, I did really like it. Um, mm-hmm. Like some people, for some reason, some of the mopey AJ stuff. I think we're supposed to feel a little bit like, kid, get over it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, we're supposed I, to feel like Tony in which you go yeah. like, come on, dude. It's yeah. not that. I mean, I get you're sad, but right. move on. That being said, I remember being that age and I remember very clearly feeling like if this one person doesn't return (laughs) my affection, my world is going to crumble. I will die. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I was just thinking about how, just how painful that feeling is and how I wish young people, especially like with like I hope I I hope my kids can somehow magically sidestep that phase of life even though I don't think anyone can right um because it's not the truth the truth is the truth is not that without one person's love you'll simply die like that's not the truth at all but it certainly feels that way at that age right yeah Yeah. I don't know I didn't know if this was um as relatable uh for women but definitely like as a guy, I think there's a, there's like a distinct phenomenon when you're b- between the age of like 18 and 23, where it feels like you've spent your entire life up and up until that point, uh, trying to have sex with, have, trying to have regular <laughs> sex with someone who you are attracted to, yeah, and then you usually, and then yeah. you find one around that age, and and as it's as it's crumbling apart because everyone at that age is completely insane, and there's no way that that relationship could or should last right. uh, you have this feeling of like i don't think it's like a conscious thought but i think it's a subconscious thought of like holy shit am i gonna have to spend another 20 years is it gonna take another 20 <laughs> right. years right. uh to make this having sex uh with someone i'm attracted to thing happen um, yeah half of like breakup crying when you're that young is who am i gonna have sex with now <laughs> yeah exactly like <laughs> it took me so long how am i gonna you know do what? this again and i found the one person on earth who will fuck me and now, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is it's true but there also is like there is something about the um, 
the first love that is is really like I, I don't know I related to it in a, in a huge way mm. I remember being fucking in love and pathetic with, with, and so pathetic pathetic and like just like being set and the crazy thing about it was is that like it really was beyond it's beyond sex because it, it is definitely sex is a thing where you're like oh I, 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 who's gonna fuck me now yeah. I don't but know that also, you can tell the difference at that age <clears throat> yeah that's true but I remember that there was this uh, – I think about this moment often. So I was in love with my RA in college, mm-hmm. and, and we had, we had like, hooked up, which was have, huge for me. Did you ever yeah. accidentally call her mom? I, well, <laughs> no, I called her mom during. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so it, we, we had literally one night of hooking up together. We didn't have sex, but, like, you know, it was, like, what, third base or whatever? Mm. I guess it was second base. But for me, that was, like, a big deal. Second That's base, like, is that above the waist? I think it's uh, it's it's I don't know it's thir- third base is mouth stuff right? Well, I think the no, old I, I call that mouth on genitals. That's fourth yeah. base. That That's yeah, it used ba- to be. Oh wait a minute. Th- third base no, was sorry, below the belt, four. and second base was above the waist traditionally. But I, I feel like I was that changed. There were five bases. But that I feel like that changed in our <laughs> generation when when oral sex became something that you did before sex. Yeah. So I okay. So to me. Uh, there was no oral sex, but there was uh, there was a lot of hand stuff. Um, we did we That's did hand third stuff. Base. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean we'll call it third base. I don't know there, what it is. I made out. I did hand stuff. Uh, we listened to Tracy Chapman all Until night. Until his and- fingers got pruny. Sorry. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but yes, and uh, it was like. <laughs> It was a big deal for me, and and because she was like hot, and she was like older than me. She was twenty one. Mm. I was eighteen. Yeah, it was it was great. Did she contribute and, to your a delinqu- paging Freud? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did she contribute so, to your delinquency at all? Um, no. I mean, just in terms of like you know, uh, making me more horny. She made me more horny. Is oh, that? Yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah. But I was already. It doesn't matter. Point is, is I was in love with her, right? And we only hooked up one time. But I like. I still will listen to this Tracy Chapman album and be like, I miss her. And it's, which is insane. It's been so long. Um, Even and, now with your baby on the way. Yeah. Well, I listen to the Tracy Chapman album and it brings back now, the memories. more than ever. He cannot <laughs> wait till the third trimester. He, my friend, he, he cannot hear fast car without thinking about his pruny fingers. It wasn't <laughs> the fast car. It was a album Can called you eat telling. Raisins? It's called telling stories. You can't find it on Spotify. It was like a really good album. Okay. <laughs> doesn't matter uh the point is is that like i when she we hooked up once and then when i was like what about again and she was like no 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 we shouldn't have done that and i was like but i'm in love with you and so then (laughs) i was mopey around the dorm rooms for what felt like years but it was probably about two weeks and and during that time there was another girl who i look back now and go she was clearly hitting on me Mm mm-hmm but I was so sad about being uh, in love with this other person think, that, like, even yeah. some, even more getting laid wouldn't help, which I feel is, like, what is going on with AJ here. Well, I also think, you- yeah, being 20, like, one of the salient features of being that age is having no clue, uh, like, when people are giving you obvious signs that they're into mm-hmm. you. Like, yeah. being completely oblivious totally. to them. Totally. I mean, I, I've been oblivious to obvious signs uh, I mean, I was oblivious to Francesca 
being into me. But she she was real cryptic about it. She like set me up on a date with her friend, told me I was mm-hmm. a piece of shit. Like she did everything <laughs> that she, she she could to make it seem like she didn't like me. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I I was definitely oblivious to it. But also, I in general, I think if she had been explicit, I think I would have said. I'm too sad. It was like you you become really I don't know, um pathetically think, earnest. Pathetically earnest when you when you have this kind of heartbreak and there is a lot of staying up all night and just thinking about uh, thinking about her over and over and over again. The big difference for me is that I had too much pride to like show up and start crying at a Starbucks, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh the way that uh, apparently he did with um blanca and actually i i have a clip of uh aj talking to blanca over at the construction site oh like meeting me for coffee is such a big deal honestly i don't even think it's a good idea anyway how come because last time you started crying and had to leave the starbucks (laughs) i can't sleep at night without you i love you so much (laughs) stop you're embarrassing me it's just so sad. so sad. It's so sad when it's yeah. like, oh, if only it's so she relatable. could see how pathetically into her I am, then <laughs> yeah. then she would like me. It's like, no, sorry, it's not not how oh, that works. And it sucks too because I feel for Tony in in this episode because he is um someone who has truly um built a I don't know, uh he's built up a uh, an emotional fortress against all women. And so for him, he can't even remember a time when he relates to this level of heartbreak. You know what I mean? Like he's, he, he seems to be um, kind of clueless as to what could help his son right now. I think have he's, we ever yeah. s- Oh, sorry. Go have, have we ever seen him get hung up on a woman? I mean, we saw him feel like heartbreak over Melfi. the course. Yeah, he right. he gets he gets uh yeah he gets heartbreak over people withholding, mm-hmm. um or uh yeah 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 or like there was also the Juliana uh, Skiff episodes. This is uh, the one that is that Juliana Margulies. Yeah, Juliana Margulies. Mm-hmm. Um, where he decides not to hook up with her, right? Um, uh, because he's feeling guilty about his wife, and then he spends the rest of the season like basically begging this woman to like go out with him right and and i feel like he only gets hung up if like he is being withheld from or if Mm -hmm. he like it's usually unrequited that seems to be the issue as soon as it's requited you're just kind of another piece of meat to him yeah Uh, i see see i think he does display some brief empathy for aj like i I think there's a moment mm -hmm. when he's like trying to talk aj out of being you know out of being such a pathetic depressed mess when you see on his face that he's kind of like it's kind of like when you look at a puppy and you're like oh i remember that kind of innocence or whatever yeah he has a look on his face like this is there is like something adorable about remembering uh how pure the feeling of getting like when he's talking about 
um the music industry like there's a whole industry right. dedicated to this oh, yeah. kind of feeling that scene in the bedroom which it's actually so had good. some some comedy in it when he says to aj you can go out and get a blowjob and then aj's like i don't want a blowjob and he yes. says, keep your voice down and then aj's like why <laughs> who's listening and then he goes no one and then uh carmella the walks in right there i have a i have <laughs> yeah. a clip of that and these fucking women don't drive you nuts. <laughs> uh, can I just say, before I continue this clip, I love that he is taking AJ aside and just being like, man to man, these fucking women. Yeah. When the scene before, right before he shows up, he is currently, he's in the bing talking to a stripper about fucking her. And I have <laughs> I have a clip of that. You knock off early. We uh, go back to your place. Christian knows no sheets you were telling me about. Man, what's the plan, huh? I mean, it's not even, it's not even clever. It's, it's kind of gross. It's, it's just straight up like com- completely. Uh, but then, yeah, he continues to, uh, to give, uh, to give AJ some advice about women. And these fucking women, they'll drive you nuts with your emotions and whatnot. Trust me, there's millions of girls out there that are dying to meet a guy like you. No, I'm so special. You're damn right you are. You're handsome and smart and a hard worker. And let's be honest, white, that's a huge plus nowadays. (laughs) Go out and get a blowjob. I don't want a blowjob. Keep your voice down. Why? Who's listening out there? Nobody. Oh, fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Also, I love that he was just like, and let's be honest, white. I know. That's a huge plus nowadays. <laughs> uh, th- what a simpler time back when people like Tony Soprano, like, I don't know, he recognizing his white privilege is, <laughs> that is, uh, there's no way that 2022 Tony Soprano would be like, being white is a plus. Right. He would yeah. be like, yeah, just- he would have been like, ah, oh, and she was, she was Dominican too. They couldn't have canceled your kid if, uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I also I I love um you know for Tony him trying to get through to his sad son in all of these different ways. Like both Tony and Carmela are trying a bunch of different techniques in order to make AJ happy and nothing is is working, which is just so so classic AJ because like AJ has always been the person who's going to do the opposite of what will make his parents happy and like if you're not worried about him for one reason you're worried about him for another reason if it's not bad grades then it's gonna be he's eating too much if he's not eating too much he's eating too little he's gonna try to stab his uncle to death in a prison he's gonna it's like all of these things and then he's gets into this relationship he's either mafiaing too hard or mafiaing not enough he can't find (laughs) a happy middle there's no middle mafia ground for him. No. And I feel like both of the parents are totally clueless at what to do. And I understand where Tony is coming from when he's like, go out and get a blowjob, you know, or, or when he forces um, AJ to go to the Jason's Bing party because he, he's thinking in order to forget this heartbreak, he just needs 
to see a pair of titties. Well, and it's yeah, like, and I, I, I think I get the feeling. I think, yeah, I think his take on it is somewhat like mine, where he realize where he thinks or he realizes that part of AJ's sadness is the idea that he's never gonna get laid again, and mm-hmm. uh, and Tony's like trying to be like, no, no, it's possible. Go ahead, like you're older now. <laughs> go go see what's out there. Yeah, but. It's. Uh, I do love the scene where um, AJ is sitting on the couch just watching cartoons, <laughs> and uh, I think he's watching Tom and Jerry. Um, and uh, Carmela tries to give him some comfort food, <laughs> and uh, he he explains uh, why he is so sad. Anthony, what? I am making French toast. I'm not hungry. Jesus, how many times are you gonna ask me? Maybe it'll make you feel better. I know this is hard for you to believe, but food may not be the answer to every problem. Well, Nita was acting like a whiny little bitch. Tony. I'll eat at work, okay? My shitty-ass pizza job. So, Ira, we'll take a day off. My fiancé left me. That job is all I have in my life. (laughs) It's better to have loved and lost, AJ. What? (laughs) It is. There, there maybe is no worse thing to say to someone in the middle of heartbreak than it is better to have loved and lost because it's uh, it's just like immediately, I don't know, uh, it brings in that like men in black quote to me where, where uh, Tommy Lee Jones is like, try it. Uh, and I, why do I think of men in black? Well, maybe because I'm going to become a dad and my dad loves to quote men in black. Mm. So now I've become my dad. Fuck. Uh, but anyways... <laughs> I, I also I like how melodramatic AJ is the way he frames this as my fiance left me uh, right. <laughs> because it's like I mean he's it's true but I I almost feel like there's no way how could you have how could you have taken that yes under <laughs> duress yeah like at dinner like you you had to convince her to say yes in the moment you know, in the episode before, she he's just like, you know, he he gives her the ring and he's like, "Come on, I'll get, I'll I'll be night manager of the pizza shop, and then uh, I'll own clubs and colleges all over America." <laughs> and uh, and she's like, "Okay, like it was the most, uh, I don't know, under duress, yes to yeah. a proposal." The ever. subtext and, was deafening in that. Yeah, so it's it's strange to me that he, um, you know wouldn't immediately be like oh she's gonna break up with me (laughs) but uh yeah no he's he's clearly he's clearly feeling feeling some type of way about it and it's uh it's very sad um hey vince hey matt as you know vince i love old internet memes remember the early internet's obsession with chuck norris jokes i do remember that here's one when chuck norris went to college he told his father now you're the man of the house (laughs) <laughs> why Why do you bring this up? Well, I was thinking about those old memes, and I started thinking, I wonder what Chuck Norris is doing right now. What has he been up to? You know, I actually know the answer to that, Matt. Yeah, I recently saw a health video he made, and I was surprised. He's in his 80s, 
and he still seems to have energy and health. You know, I saw the very same video, Vince, and in it, he says he's even stronger, has more stamina and plenty of energy left over for his grandkids since making one simple health change that helps his digestion and nutrition. That's almost too powerful to contemplate, but yes. uh, it's true. He says he still feels like he's in his 50s. Uh, his wife made the same change and she's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger and has energy all day. Uh, I am way younger than them, and I have energy for about two hours a day. Uh, and the problem is, is, you know, that many of us do not include fruits and vegetables and other herbs that increase health and energy in our own diets. Chuck Norris made a special video that explains how he incorporated these things with one simple product. I love special videos, and you can watch it too by going to mymorningkick.com slash podyourself, and it may change your approach to your own health. Once again, that's M-Y-M-O-R-N-I-N-G-K-I-C-K.com slash podyourself, mymorningkick.com slash podyourself. Go there now and watch this very special Chuck Norris video. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I think one of my favorite sad um, AJ moments uh, is when he quits his pizza job. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's been working at this pizza shop for a while. And in the background, you hear uh, the song White Flag by Dido is playing. And he's like looking. He sees like a couple like kissing and feeding each other pizza. And uh, and he just can't he can't take it anymore. So he quits his job. And this is I don't know. We've never seen this side character before, but this is one of my favorite peripheral Sopranos characters ever. Take over. okay, Felix. What'd you do? I'm leaving. Who? I'm going home. I quit. What'd you do there? (laughs) If Dale calls, just tell him I'm sorry. But you're the manager. (laughs) I don't know. I kind of felt like that was like the people who make this show have never met like a Mexican guy who works in a kitchen before. And that felt a little like, I mean, uh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But that being said, I loved the one sidedness of that conversation <laughs> yeah. where he is just like, I'm going home. And he says, who? And then he's, <laughs> and he's like, uh, you know, t- uh, tell them I'm leaving. <laughs> he says something like, what'd you do, eh? <laughs> I just, there's something about it where I just, uh, I, I love that guy. I love, I love well, one-sided conversation. Because that's AJ's Hesh. Like, yes. his Hesh, uh, you know, 
he has no one to uh, confide in except for that guy who, except for Felix yeah. at the pizza shop, <laughs> and that job's his whole life. Yeah, um, yeah. So he uh, he cries and 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 leaves uh, the pizza shop. Um, meanwhile, uh, Patsy is um, Patsy Parisi is kicking up to Tony over at the Bing and is talking about how uh, his his son Jason has taken all this action. And uh, basically, Jason and also Carlo's kid, who is also named Jason, uh, which I thought was an interesting choice. Did you notice they were both Jason? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He calls them, which Tony says the Jasons at one point. Which is yeah, nice. he calls them the Jasons, which um, they, I don't know. I, I love I love that there's just. Do you think Jason is like this world's version of Chad? May, yeah, I, think I what, mean, I think yeah. like, like, we've discussed this before, but I think um, like The Sopranos is doing this whole thing with uh, like contrasting first generation Italians names with like mm. second generations it- Italians. Uh, name. Yeah. Like everybody in Tony's generation is like Tony and Sal and uh, Silvio Polly. and Polly Vito and Vito. Polly yeah. And, and then Frankie and then all their kids are named like Hunter and Meadow and, yeah, right. uh, and Jason <laughs> right. and Jason. Yeah, I, I love I love that they they both name their kid Jason, uh, and both of the Jasons are doing a great job at Rutgers, basically being scumbags. Um, yeah. You know, they're uh, Jason Parisi has the most amazing Guido haircut, where it's like <laughs> it's somehow it's kind of long, but then it's also like really faded and lined up, but only at the very edges. Like the very edges are sharp, but then the rest of it is like, he wants to have it kind of be spiky or something. It's a very like 2007 Guido haircut. (laughs) Yeah, it is. uh, It's, it's a a wonder that he doesn't also have like a very orange tan at the same time. Like that was the next step for this like generation of, of Guidos was to get in really good shape and get a, a spray tan and um, and then decide to commit to a fully spiked head of hair. Yeah. There's a great music video for anyone who wants to know like what the aughts was like. There's a Canadian boy band called Before Four. It's like uh-huh. just B4 dash four. And uh, I forget what the mu- I forget what their famous like their single was called called, but it's just uh I think it's Owie Fuck. Yeah, that's the name. It's just like three guys <laughs> with extremely orange tans. Uh, an extremely like big highlighted uh, ice spiker hair, all wearing like puka shells with different colored wife beater uh, shirts on. It's incredible. Like, they're Canadian. I think like their Canadianness, um, like the, the trends reflected back from Canada yes. are always like the purest distillation of trends. I feel like because they're getting, <laughs> right. It's like they're getting it a little late, so there's no nuance. a little late, a little bit wrong. Yeah, and, yeah. There's there's no nuance to it. There's no there's no context for it to exist other than they saw other people doing yeah, it. Like this is what I think people from LA dress like. And so now right. that is my persona kind of thing. Ooh. Does that make you think that like, if there was a Canadian version of Alison Rosen as your new best friend or Canadian version of pod yourself a gun, then like, and this is very narcissistic, but <laughs> then we would each get a glimpse of who we truly are. Yeah. It'd yes, be like a hundred percent. It'd be like when uh, the people put on the mask in the mask, you know, you see like your, <laughs> yeah. your truest id. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it would, I feel like that Pod Yourself a Gun, the Canadian version, um, is just uh, Vince calling me slurs and me just (laughs) being like, oh, my dick, oh, (laughs) Soprano's my dick, which is, 
essentially who I am now, but like I'm, I feel like I'm a little more refined. There's a little more nuance uh -huh. in uh -huh. me fake coming on my Sopranos yeah. podcast. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the Jasons are at the Bing, and um, Tony basically asks them, you know, hey, uh, next time you're having a party, uh, call up my son. He's really cool and doing great and everything, so he probably can't come, but maybe he can. And uh, they're like, yeah, sure. I, I love also watching them see a stripper do like a basic stripper move. And they're like, oh, boy. Yeah. Mama me. Especially <laughs> all, all these strippers, because I don't know. I find few things less erotic than like the Bing strippers who really just mm -hmm. they kind of look like a uh, like a child's drawing of a sexy woman in a way. <laughs> it's kind of just like it's it's so I don't know. It's just so it's. It's stripped of all nuance, you know. It's sort of just like yeah. the the idea. This is the idea of uh, yeah. a hot woman kind of thing. Yeah, you draw draw round boobies. Yeah, big uh, round skinny, boobs, skinny legs, long blonde hair, tan skin, and they do split so you can see a little bit of the outside of the butthole. <laughs> <laughs> you can see a little bit. There's a, a skin tone change. A little bit, so you know you're seeing a little bit of the dog butthole. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, yeah, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. I just thought it was funny that they were, they acted like, I mean, it's 2007. They're like, I know they're at a strip club and they're seeing a stripper do a cool move. And I'm glad, actually, that it makes them happy. But it feels a little bit like you've seen, you've seen porn on the internet at this point. This is not novel to you yeah i think you um, have to play the role when you're at that when you're at the bing yeah yeah you have to you have to pretend like you haven't seen a video of a woman literally fucking a traffic cone <laughs> you know sure. so that's how it's my feeling every time i go to a burlesque show you ever go to a burlesque <laughs> show and the, like the mc will be like i don't think you boys will be able to handle this next act <laughs> and just be like i saw a girl fuck a horse <laughs> I saw a horse fuck a human woman. I can handle a, a theater chicken pasties. <laughs> oh, it's uh. But anyways, um. So they invite uh. You know they say yeah we'll we'll call up uh AJ, and meanwhile uh you know, Meadow is concerned that AJ is um is possibly suicidal. Because it reminds Meadow of uh, his behavior and, I don't know, I guess his entire tone reminds him, uh, reminds her of Hadley, uh, who jumped off the library balcony. And See, I, I totally I first... didn't make the connection that that was Hadley she was talking about until just now. Okay, but actually, Hadley is not Caitlin. Oh, so, yeah, right. I yeah, thought this yeah, too. Yeah. I thought this too for for the longest time. I was like, "Oh shit!" So Caitlin is going to be the, uh, end up did we, jumping. Do we know Hadley? We okay, have no right. idea That's who Hadley is. Right, okay, I was right then. Yeah. Uh, so hmm, I, that's convenient. Yeah. Convenient uh, plot device. It seems like they could have just said Caitlin, and I would have been like, "Okay," but they didn't. I don't know why they they invented a new character that we've never met. And it's funny because it's like. Uh, Meadow is seeing uh, AJ's uh, pizza uh, pizza restaurant problems and filtering yeah. them through her like Columbia goggles, and it's like right. no, that's 
<laughs> not really the same thing that's happening here, but okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, she's not wrong in that he is incredibly depressed and that he should be most likely yeah. medicated. Well, um, he's not going to, like, jump off the dorm balcony because he did bad in math. Like, right, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, Meadow's yeah. Meadows friend probably did. Exactly. Side note that does not have much to do with anything and maybe is just a me thing, but uh-huh. I remember having this reaction when I saw the episode before. When Meadow knocks on the door and just plops down on her parents' bed and they're both in bed, mm-hmm. I was like, as an adult woman, I would never just sit down on my parents' bed when they're both in, even though, like, hmm. I think Carmela's wearing a robe and reading a book. Like, they're obvious, there's nothing coital going on, but sure, still, sure. it just is too, like, what? Yeah. Just stand up and talk to them. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious, am I the only one? Or, like, that felt too intimate. That's weird, but also it kind of fits Meadow as a character where she doesn't like recognize those those boundaries. boundaries yeah, are, I guess are, you're are right. Old, they're old fashioned. Yes. Those are old fashioned boundaries. You're right. I, I feel like I, I don't find it weird. I haven't done that in a long time, though. And but the reason is because at this point, my parents are much older. And at this point, my dad, I think exclusively sleeps on a recliner yeah i was gonna say like my dad had been sleeping on the couch for at least five years at that point so that would not have been an issue but right um but yeah so yeah she talks about hadley jumping off this is another sidebar uh but related to this episode here's another thing that confused me i think the first time around um but i think it's cleared up for me now so there is this one scene that they've been doing in almost every episode this season um that is the fbi 9-11 thing that's been going Mm -hmm. on the like possible terrorist plot that is just this kind of hanging thread throughout the series or throughout at least the last two seasons uh so at satrials the fbi is there the fbi guy's there he's talking to tony um you know about you know, hey, Philly Otardo sucks, doesn't he? And Tony basically says, um, can I bank the goodwill if I inform on some Muslims that I saw? And um, and he talks about uh, Ahmed and Mohammed, who are the two Muslims who I guess have been hanging out around the Bing. Yeah, trying to tit fuck the girls. <laughs> trying to tit fuck the girls uh, like you do. Um, and, and what confused me about it is that he dropped that casually. Yeah, uh, but I I always thought that he was talking about Matouche. Remember Matouche? Yeah, I thought that's who he was talking about. And then I, I I realized, oh no, there are these random Bing Arabs who are just hanging out there throughout like the last two seasons, and uh, it's like they just kind of built the storyline for this random. Those are that's a classic Chekhov's Muslim. Yeah. <laughs> It really is though, and I find it I, I find it like really strange and dissonant now uh, because it seems to and maybe this is because I know what's gonna happen at the end of this series, um, but I feel like even then I was like, what is this? What is what? What are we doing here? What What's the point of this storyline? I don't understand it. And then you've got Tony calling up Chris. Being like, hey, what are the names of the uh, the Arabs from the Bing? And he says, like, uh, who's who's asking? Some people. And he goes, exactly. <laughs> does does Chris know that he's talk- talking to the FBI? 
Like, what do you think is happening there? Yeah, yeah, I don't I know. I thought maybe. Yeah, I, but, yeah, I thought maybe too. But is that okay? I mean, that's so strange to me. Like, to me, I would understand that if that was like a gateway into like, and now, you know, my boss, Tony, he's uh, he's mad at me for drinking all the time or for being an alcoholic, and he's informing to the FBI. So there's this whole thing is bullshit, you know, but they don't really do that. It's just kind of like this like foregone conclusion of like, oh yeah, sometimes we, we give the FBI information about possible terrorist suspects. It seems very strange when the FBI is clearly the enemy of the mafia most of the time. You yeah, know I mean? but I think the idea was that like, the yeah, the, the FBI is the mafia's uh, nemesis uh, in right. this world, but at the same time, this is also a time period when the FBI has shifted their focus almost exclusively to terror. to terror stuff and it's kind of like in world war ii when the when a lot of the mob guys were like you know working with the fbi to like right do mob stuff like they're but they're working in an angle which is that okay maybe if maybe if <laughs> they just air they airdrop casinos to normandy it's <laughs> yeah. just like like what what did the mafia do again it's like uh, we secured some ships yeah, they uh, used uh, yeah they they'd use their ports control and things like that for various yeah. like you know they had their connections with Italy when the U.S. was invading Sicily and whatnot like they tried like they tried to collaborate in ways right there and I think this is just like they're trying to feel out like a modern echo of that which is like well maybe if we can help uh, the FBI find these Muslims, we can get a little, uh, a little, a little, little break. Yeah. We can get a, they can scratch our backs when we need it. Yeah. And pointing out that AJ's white. I mean, maybe they're trying to sort of make a gentle underline of yes. this xenophobia or mm -hmm. racism or just the world yes. that Tony's in and, and where he stands in it. Yeah. Absolute, that's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, well, that's, it, it, that's exactly what I got out of. And let's be honest, white. It's like, yeah, no one's going to be looking into you just because you're wearing a, a head a turban or whatever. Right. Right. See, I actually, I didn't pick up on that, but that's, ex you guys are right. That's exactly what he was talking about. I thought it was just like, you know, Hey, you're white and like women, like, like white men. But it was, I think, more <laughs> I think so just both. like you, you don't have to worry about being Muslim is. Uh, yeah, that's right. Well, anyways, uh, just to round out the uh, AJ storyline, AJ decides to uh, show up to this uh, Bing party. He gets a sad lap dance, um, but he is like becoming friends with the Jasons. And uh, they see this kid named Victor at this uh, college frat party that uh, that AJ goes to. And um, a lot of great fashion in the background of that frat party. Oh, by yeah. The way. Like the girl that's wearing I think she's wearing like a cardigan with a belt uh, like just over the top of uh, all the layers. Right. Was, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, this was uh, the peak of high fashion in 2007. <laughs> um, but yeah. So then they see this guy. um named victor uh at the party and uh they basically are like hey when are you gonna pay us and he's like hey you give me a few more days it's like a very like you know mafia shit miniature mm -hmm. um and uh and then cut to their drinking and then uh one of the jasons gets a phone call and he's like hey victor's at another party i guess a couple days have passed i'm not sure how much time has passed but clearly it's monday by now or or sunday and they bum rush him over at a party 
and they burn his feet with give, hydrochloric give acid. Give him the old acid foot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's uh it's it's a strange it's I mean, you know, I, I feel like kudos to those kids for breaking into the like the chemistry lab and stealing some acid for the express purpose of collecting a gambling debt back. But yeah, I don't think uh, either of those guys are uh, deep enough in their chemistry studies to have access to acid. Right. But, you know, right. And uh, like and also that forward thinking where there, there's like, uh, you know, there's a chemistry weapon in there. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's called hydrochloric acid. And if we could do a heist and steal a flask of it, then we could yeah. burn this guy's foot if he doesn't give us, our, you know, thousand dollars or whatever. Maybe, yeah, maybe if these were Meadows friends, I could see that, but not. Right. Not AJ's. But uh, yeah, it's clear that AJ is um, being having one traumatic experience replaced with another. Um, he goes from, I, you know, the, the tr traumatic experience of getting his heart broken to uh, holding down a kid and burning his foot. I do like the subtlety of the ongoing uh, storyline that AJ has a brand new yellow Nissan Xterra that he clearly does not take care of at all. It's very yes. much like it's very much like he has this expensive toy that he completely takes for granted. And uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that the 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 Xterra makes multiple appearances, and you know, and I think they the never last... say it, but it's always like covered in dirt and just looking. It's like always shit. covered in dirt. Yeah, yeah. He's clearly not doing a good job of taking care of that car, which I I fucking love. Um, but uh, yeah, he then comes home drunk, uh, or uh, I guess Tony and AJ both come home, and then they have dinner together and talk about Meadows' mystery date, and it's like, oh, good, AJ is back to normal. But AJ is clearly amped up like his foot yes. is shaking and he seems almost like he did coke or something right um what is your take on that i i said to my, i watched it with my husband daniel and i said to him i said did he do coke and he said i think he's amped up on the violence yeah i i i think so too um i think it's it's possible that he's he's done some drugs as well but um I looked at it as, yeah, as adrenaline from doing mm -hmm. the violence and from uh, Loki being in shock because right. uh, this is, I, I think, you know, as we're going to come, I think, to find out, this is not um, healthy for him at the moment. Like, this right. is, I think he is clearly uh, traumatized by the screams of this kid named Victor. I was traumatized his, by it. Yeah, exactly. Just getting his fucking foot burned off is uh yeah, it's pretty dark i didn't like it yeah and so i think i think that's why he's he's like that and i you know again i understand tony's feelings around like i just want to snap him out of this heartbreak but um the logic behind so i'm gonna take a depressed heartbroken kid and throw him in the deep end with violent gangsters who like to do drugs and drink is um it's not good it's, it's a flawed strategy let's it's a say. flawed yeah. strategy um it's bold yeah and let's see if it works he's out he's making moves <laughs> he's making moves um okay now we get into the uh chrissy Polly storyline which i i fucking love this storyline so much um for a multitude of reasons one of the reasons is i love anytime you see chrissy and Polly fight they have been the leads 
of the best episodes of the Sopranos, in my opinion, of some of the best episodes. Like, I mean, they are the famously the Pine Barrens people. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. are uh, they've they've uh, fought. They've had some of the funniest moments together when there was the intervention. Um, and uh, yeah, now they are both uh, teaming up to do some sort of grift. They're like uh, they're like literary foils in the sense that like Polly clearly represents like the old school of mafia. Like his values are very much like 70s, 60s and 70s era uh, right. mafioso. And Chris is like the guy who's dabbling in Hollywood and going through recovery and doing all these like 21st century 90s right. things. But uh, but they're also both um, equally incompetent at their jobs and, right. and petty. So they're like perfect <laughs> for each other. They're both people who can't help but uh, shoot themselves in the foot at any given opportunity. Um, and Chris is the one of the two who is trying desperately not to be that. Um, but the more he tries to be a functioning adult, the more he is resented by everyone else in the mafia. Um, and, uh, so yeah, he's, uh, I guess Polly, uh, or no, Chris has been, um, working with Polly in order to get tools that have been stolen to his father-in-law who is selling them to police officers. It's, I don't know. They're doing mafia shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they're, you know, they're collecting their money, they're talking, and then they I have I think that's this... also another uh, detail to the, like, to Tony saying, like, and let's be honest, White, it's like, they're, he's, they're, they have this collaboration with off-duty cops and firemen now who clearly understand that, like, these discount tools aren't, like, coming from nowhere but they don't really care about that anymore because it's not yeah, brown people doing the crime. Right, because you guys aren't Muslim. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then we get a, a little glimpse into uh, what's going on with Chris's sobriety and how Polly is taking it. And I have a clip. The business. You're going to jinx me? Toast for water? It's club soda. What's your problem? You got the problem, my friend. You're a real fucking drip lately. When I was using, I was a disgrace. Now I'm sober and I'm a drip. The fuck you want from me? That's about being normal. That's so fucking hot? Actually, yeah, Polly. For some of us, it is. I don't get cunty. I'm breaking your balls. I, 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 first of all, I thoroughly believe that Polly is just breaking his balls and is just having a really good time poking at him for being an alcoholic in recovery. Um, and I do feel like at the same time, uh, Chrissy has every right to be annoyed as fuck by the fact that these guys keep shitting on his recovery, even though it's the one thing they all claim they wanted for, they did an intervention for him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, so it's, it's it, for me as a addict in recovery, it's, it's kind of funny watching this because you realize that like, there are probably a bunch of different careers in which like being a sober person is, you know, not looked at as a positive thing. Um, but, uh, in the mafia, I think it's particularly bad because <laughs> that's, that's the one place where, you know, uh, it's not just that you won't get any career advancement. It's that, uh, people might start thinking you're weak and murder you. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's <clears throat> like in a, in a different show, I think they, they would have, uh, structured it like 
Christopher was being like the the good mature one uh, yes. for taking the step, and 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 everyone was against him. But because this is the Sopranos, like there's no heroes, so <laughs> you definitely see the side of Chris that is yes doing a good thing by being in recovery, uh, but has also become like intolerably earnest and hard to yes. be around because of it. Yeah, he can't take a joke anymore. He can't like um, he can't hang around the the guys anymore uh, bec- and, and and it comes off as like you think you're better than all us uh, all of us now um and he you know he he blames it on well i don't want to be around you know all the alcohol and blow and everything and and that is actually a perfectly legitimate um excuse but it also you know he wants he kind of doesn't want to be a mobster anymore he wants to be a movie producer and i think that's where that's what the guys know and that's what i think really offends them but also and i know i'm jumping ahead a little bit but we later find out there's this whole resentment that he has Mm -hmm. because he should i wait till we get to that No, no 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 go ahead okay so there's this whole resentment that he has because he feels that he chose tony over aid um, right. You know, because he came and, and he told them and that he made this huge sacrifice and that he he's not being rewarded for it. Right. So I think that that's really like the <clears throat> the the poison that's eating. And that's really why he because they're they're noticing that he's distant and right. his cover story, which he probably on some level believes and it is on some level true is that he doesn't want to be around the temptation of substances. Yeah. But I think really what's gnawing away is, is that he's resentful that he's not being rewarded for mm-hmm. this huge, huge sacrifice as he right. sees yeah. it that he made. Well, he's like, he's trying to treat the mafia like it's a normal thing where you would be rewarded for like making the mature, responsible mm-hmm. choice so he's like why am i not advancing because i'm making the mature responsible choice and it's like these other guys are kind of like hey you realize the entire reason that the mafia exists is so that we could be immature and irresponsible longer <laughs> for and the rest not, for the rest of our yeah, short lives for the rest of our short lives and not make like the mature decisions to like you know right. go to school longer and be a doctor or some shit it's like no right we, uh, beat each other up and steal money from people so that we can just like hang out in a strip club and get drunk all the time. We've literally set up a system in which we've monetized not being a functional adult, <laughs> you know? And so like the idea that he's trying to better himself in in this way, I think is, I don't know, it's for them, it, it's looked at as... Um, kind of uh, elitist or snobby or like he's yeah. turning his nose mm-hmm. up at everyone it's at and odds I, with what they do and like he doesn't realize yeah. that and it's obvious to everybody else and i i do love tony uh having a, a serious talk with him about it where he's just like hey you know i wish you were around more and um you know christy's like it's hard to be near alcohol and then tony's like listen after i got shot i realized i couldn't have eggplant anymore <laughs> <laughs> you know i i, I it's just it's bad for my stomach it could put me into a relapse you know i want eggplant but i don't do it and it's just the idea that he's comparing drugs and alcohol to not eating fucking eggplant parmesan twice a week and is, tony uh, says he doesn't believe it's a disease yes yeah he's like this whole disease concept is fucking bullshit which uh is i think it's a it's an argument that some people do make, but uh, it's funny. Oh, you to know me. more than the leading doctors now. <laughs> <That's such laughs> <Yeah. a> good... <laughs> I know a crutch when I see one. 
which is uh, an insane thing to me. It's like a crutch. What is the crutch? Is uh, avoiding drugs and alcohol? <laughs> like it's very strange. Um, and then and then Chrissy mentions the fact that um, you know it was inherited not just through his mother but also also through Dick Moltisante, his father. Um, and he says, let's be honest about the great Dickie Moltisante. He wasn't anything more than a junkie. And it just made me once again mad that the movie that they did about Dickie Moltisante was just terrible. I mean, it just was not, I mean, I would have loved to have seen a junkie fucking Dickie Moltisante. Wouldn't that have been that would have been a better movie. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of being like a cool guy who, is, yeah. who shoots really well and accurately. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Ugh. Anyways, um, there's uh, some beef between um, Polly and Chris after uh, Lil Polly decides to rob um, the, the tools back from his, from his father-in-law and, uh, and, Chrissy goes over to Polly's house to complain about it in um, in a great, great little scene. It's my fault your father-in-law's a crybaby? They told him I'd take care of him. What's his problem? I'm stupid now. You know, and I know, they were there to boost that shit. It couldn't wait, okay? I promised a load to Lenny down the joint for this union. And what do I give a fuck? It ain't my union. Oh, your voice. I got neighbors. Fuck your neighbors. When you gonna pay me? When you suck the money out of my ass. Now get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> when you suck the money out of my ass. I mean, you know, that's uh, that's when you're gonna get it. Um, I I just I feel like that is a great response to anyone asking for anything. Um, and. Uh, they once again they do it again uh little polly steals uh the drills and then chrissy loses it and decides to throw little polly out the window and i have a clip of that look at this pile of shit yeah it's to get some toilet paper what is that comedy actually yeah come on what are you gonna do oh, fuck it i'm all in fucking idiot toilet paper Oh, fuck. (laughs) Great edit. Hey, you know, sometimes I put a little bit of humor into the clips. Uh, (laughs) What is that? Comedy? Um, Yeah, so... uh, this this storyline kind of goes on with just this back and forth between Polly and and Chrissy. You know, he throws little Polly out the window. Polly uh, runs over his lawn with his car, um, d- destroys you know forty thousand dollars worth of landscaping. Perfect scene. Yeah, just an amazing back and forth of <laughs> just an angry Polly terrorizing uh, Chris's wife and daughter by running over his begonias. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And um, and it all kind of culminates with um, them kind of making peace at at this bar and uh, Chris relapsing uh, in this in this way that I found uh, very sad because it is like he he did the thing that I think every addict thinks is going to happen, like you're going to drink. And you're going to be normal and you're going to be happy because you're surrounded by all these people that, you know, that, that you like and you feel a part of. And then as soon as someone like 
makes fun of you, you realize, oh, I'm still the same, like, uh, what do you call it? Whipping post. Whipping post? What's Whipping the- boy? Whipping boy. Yeah. As soon as he asked the bartender for a drink, I, I literally went, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know. Yelled well, at the screen. There's also, like, he hasn't been drinking for, I don't know, months at this point. And he right. thinks he's going to, like, jump back in and drink at the same pace with guys that do this every day. And right. of course he can't because he can't hold his liquor anymore. Like he immediately becomes like the annoying drunk. And yeah. Uh, and, and he forgets. And I think uh, this happens a lot with people in recovery is you forget that like you were not this happy go lucky person when you were drinking, you were not like just uh, the, like his whole, you know, thing is I'm not a part of anymore. And I feel, it feels like shit to not be a part of, you know, people are drinking, people are, are doing drugs they're having a good time. And I'm, I'm like outside of that. Um, oh man, I wish I could just go back to, to doing that. And as soon as you do, you remember you were miserable then too. Everyone made fun of you. You got laughed at. And now you have the added on guilt of, and you've lost your clean time. And uh, it's 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 sad because it's like I it's a totally understandable mindset in which you think, oh, if I could just be a normal drinker and go back to when things were cool, everything would be fine. And you forget that things were never cool. You mm-hmm. were you were a sad, miserable prick then and you still are now. But now you have the added, you know, indignity of being someone who relapsed in front of all these guys, these guys making fun of you. that you wanted to impress made you relapse you know yeah and you can't hold your liquor anymore so like there's no way to just like yeah you're not going to jump back in and and have Mm -hmm. this be able to drink socially like people who have been doing that for a while yeah it's like what it's the reason why like you know i know that i will never relapse on weed because (laughs) weed is the one drug that if i were to smoke it I would spend the whole time being horrified and depressed that I'd lost my clean time. Like I wouldn't be able to just like chill. You know what I mean? There's like, I wouldn't be able to be like, you know, this is fun. I'm having a good time. I would just, I would start crying. It'd be a whole thing. <laughs> um, so then Chris relapse, uh, Chris relapses. And then he goes to good old JT Dolan's house. And this is the, wonderful uh series finale on jt dolan our favorite uh i think one of one of my favorite characters of the entire series the statement of what david chase thinks about tv writers (laughs) which is that they're all pompous windbags who deserve to die (laughs) (laughs) and um and i have a, a clip of that you remember my girlfriend Adriana, my fiance, my friend, Ralph Cifaretto. I know shit, my friend. Chris, come on. Serious fucking things that would have major implications on a lot of fucking people. Chris, I shouldn't hear this shit. I know, right? You said you just want to write about it. Leech off me. Give me your phone. I'm calling your wife. What? I have told you repeatedly I do not want to hear this shit. I let you be part of my movie. (laughs) You let me? I'm pouring my heart out, man. And I'm very sorry, but we met in AA. Chris, you're in the mafia. A few moments later. 
Oh, poor JT. It was not, it was, there was no other way it could have ended for him. You know what I mean? He was doomed the moment that he met Chris at an AA meeting. And he finally, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Had he not used the word mafia, was Chris still going to shoot him that night? I don't know. I don't think so. I do think that the mafia part set him, I think, over the edge. Because as far as I can remember, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think this is the first time that an outsider has ever said on the show, oh, are you in the mafia? Mm-hmm. I was trying um, to remember, too. Have we heard that word? I think, yeah. I think it's like he, he sort of... He, Meadow, he put Meadow up this, may, Sorry, yeah. go ahead. I was going to say Meadow may have asked... Um, I think he, uh, Meadow asked Tony, mm. are you, uh, are you in the mafia? And then um, he shot her. And then he shot her <laughs> right in the car. But like, just the idea of like this guy saying it, it just put everything in perspective. It's basically like, oh, you're an animal criminal. Right. Well, uh, yeah, like, I think it was yeah. that like Christopher felt alienated from his mafia buddies. So he like went, immediately went over to JT yeah. Dolan's house mm-hmm. to be like, okay, well, this is my... This is like my new tribe slash family. Safe and harbor, then, yeah. yeah. And then, right. uh, and then JT Dolan, people. <laughs> he, he immediately was like, no, you can't open up to me. Like we're not the same. Like he built, he like put a firm wall between him and uh, yeah, Christopher. Yeah. He has and, a boundary. And Christopher was like, okay, well, if you're not my family either, then fuck you. Yeah. Right. It was like the difference between that family and this family is I can kill you with no consequences. Mm, and he, uh, yeah. Cause I do think he came over there to, I mean, you know, he's saying I'm pouring my heart out to you and and JT is like rightfully afraid of the information he's yeah. divulging. Yeah. You know? And but he's, he's in acting... too deep at this point. Like it doesn't yeah. And he, I, I he, resp- he drew a line at the worst time that he could have. Yeah. Yeah. It is it is it was a bad time to draw the line. And I think he could have uh he he might have been able to handle it better, but uh I do think that no matter what, eventually this was all gonna happen to JT. Uh, because you know, TV people deserve to die. And I think that is, <laughs> I think that's absolutely true. And, uh, if that is ultimately the thesis of the Sopranos, <laughs> I think that's what the right show on. has been building up to this entire time. Exactly. Exactly. Just real fast. Can you remind me what the JT storyline was with his involvement with Chris's movie? He, um, uh, so JT, he met JT at, at AA, uh, JT decides to, uh, join one of his like elite poker games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he ends up losing a bunch of money. So he's in debt to Chris, like that tens of thousands of dollars. And, um, he ends up kind of, yeah, just being in debt to him. He tries to get clean again. Like he, he relapses, he gets clean again. Um, and then later when Chris has the idea for, um, for Cleaver, he decides to call in a favor with, uh, JT and force him basically at gunpoint to write the screenplay, probably free of charge. So, so JT wrote Cleaver, uh, as a way to pay back Chris for, you know, whatever. Got it. Yeah. But uh, so JT is like weary of Chris when Chris walks in the door. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because every time Chris comes over, he usually hits him with some sort of blunt object. Yeah. <laughs> like 
he's at this point chris is synonymous with being hit in the right. head with something yes yeah. now it's i had forgotten that this time but now it's coming back to me that like when he walks in the door it's like oh shit there's a threat in the house already yes yeah yeah, yeah. and uh yeah he's been hit over the head with a uh, humanitas award he's been hit over the head <laughs> With, uh, I think Benny hit him over the head with a keyboard. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he has, I mean, he's been hit over the head with plaques. Like he gets hit in the head a lot. Mm-hmm. And this time it was the final him being hit in the head. Yeah. But it was with a bullet. Mm. So that's uh, that's a bummer for JT. But, uh, you know, he had a good run while it lasted. Chris comes home drunk and he replants a tree that was uh, ruined by Polly. And uh, and that's the end of the episode. That that's that's what happened. Um, do we have a favorite scene, least favorite scene, or scene that we didn't talk about, Allison? My favorite scene was um, when Chris decides to have a drink, and we actually we already talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is drunk, and it's from his point of view, and we kind of pan around, and we see everyone laughing at him, yeah. and it's all very slow-mo and, yeah. and kind of grotesque and very stylized. And we just, I don't know, it, it reminded me, uh, I also don't drink anymore, and it reminded me of that feeling of your you know perception being altered and mm-hmm. just feel, it's that gross, drunk feeling. Um, I hope that was well done. And then, of course, I wondered... Do you think that when they shot, did they shoot it normally and then slow it down? Or did they actually have the actors laugh in slow Slow motion? motion. (laughs) I think they slowed it down, but I love the idea of them (laughs) doing it in slow motion. (laughs) I know. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That was just, I thought, really well done. Um, And then my least favorite... Uh, I think was the acid on the toes just because I'm a very squeamish person and Mm -hmm. I don't like violent scenes. And that one just made me kind of cringe. Yeah. Over the top. Yeah. Vince favorite, least favorite. Uh, That's tough. I really liked pretty much every scene in this uh, episode. We talked about the, uh, when Carm is outside the door and, Yeah, <laughs> and she's mad about Tony suggesting a blowjob. Like, just the timing and the levels of that one. Like, Tony goes from uh, the, he goes from uh, being fed up with AJ's shit to like weirdly sympathetic, and then is the embarrassing father like in the space mm-hmm. of like eight seconds. And uh, yeah, it's just it's they played it so perfectly. It's pretty great. Um. Yeah, I I think yeah, my least favorite scene is the FBI guy at Satrials and this like continuing what about the Arabs thing, which is like I mean it's it's interesting but it's also uh, knowing where it all goes, it kind of leads to not much, so I don't really care for it. Um and uh yeah, I would say one of my favorites is the scene in which Polly and Chrissy make up and um That was sweet. Yeah, I thought it was very sweet before the like relapse happened in full. Um, Polly says, "There's no point in ruminating," and I was like, "That's the alternate title of the episode. <laughs> that is, uh, this is an episode about how uh, ruminating is bad." Yeah, we need that as should... the new remember when uh, machine bumper. Yeah, <laughs> for the last five <laughs> episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and if I had to give this episode of sopranos a grade like a letter grade i think i would give it a solid b plus uh vince what would you give this yeah like i said this is probably in my top five sopranos episodes of all time i think it's uh 
near to perfect um, furthers all of the themes that the show has been on about basically this whole time. So if I had to like try to think of a letter grade that reflects uh, this kind mm-hmm. of feeling about the show, I'd say solid B plus. Okay, that's fair. Uh, what about you, Allison? What oh, you God, it's so hard to distill the whole thing down to one letter grade because, mm-hmm. like I said, it's so dense and there's so many storylines and so many of them were just done so perfectly. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I'm going back and f- there's a couple sure. uh, going back and forth. I don't, uh, B+. Plus. Okay, so a B-plus episode of The Sopranos and a solid A-plus-plus-plus episode of Pod Yourself a gun allison rosen thank you so much for coming back on the pod thank you for having me this was fun uh i always love doing this show i'm glad i got to come back before the end of it and i'm excited for your personal news Mm. oh very excited it's been a very exciting time for all of us where can people find you on uh, the internet Please follow me at Allison Rosen, A-L-I, just one L, uh, with N and I, S-O-N-R-O-S-E-N on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I have started a newsletter, and it's free. Uh, you can get that at alisonrosen.substack.com. And then listen to my shows. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. You guys have both been on. Um, and Upworthy Weekly, which is a lighthearted news podcast that comes out on Saturdays, and Childish. All right. Check all of that out. Follow her on all the social media platforms immediately allison always a pleasure thank you patreon.com slash fraudcast uh for all of the bonus episodes of the fraudcast uh in which we talk about all sorts of things not just the sopranos we talk about movies and stuff uh the eight dollar tier gets you a shout out vince we have a few more shout outs this week are you ready for the mafia name that you give them sure 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 eight dollars um all right so the first is matt nyborg hey it's nyborg the cyborg he's a robot we call him uh, wally okay wally there we go that's yeah. good that's good because i was afraid that you were just gonna do cyborg and i think he explicitly said let's see if vince um comes up with a better nickname than the one that i was called throughout all of uh elementary school i don't think that necessarily means it's a bad nickname but sure i think it just means that it rhymes and it's easy but i like that you went with wally not all nicknames have to be hard you know that's uh so true um next we have kieran kane Ooh, kieran kane what's the i hope he doesn't have k as a middle name uh we're gonna call this guy the grand wizard Yes. Okay. Lovely. Uh, next is Robbie Dreyer. Oh, he's so dry. Why does he need? Why does he need a dryer? Is it because he's? Is it because he's all wet? Um, <laughs> we're gonna. Uh, uh, we're gonna call this guy Michael Phelps. All right. I like it because mm-hmm. he's uh, dryer. Michael Phelps. Uh, wet. Yeah. Okay. Next, Mackenzie Parvin. Hey, Parvo. Don't get my dog sick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a dog disease, Parvo. Uh, okay. And also, I feel like if Mackenzie sounds Australian, and if your name is Parvin in Australia, they're probably going to call you Parvo. So Okay. Yeah. So we're going Mackenzie, Parvo, Parvin. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next, we have Robert Clay Oliver. Hey, this guy's name is Mud. Because he's, <laughs> he's Clay. Okay. okay. Yeah, it works. Mud. Yeah, I like it. My name is yeah. Mud. My name is Mud. Um, and next is Keith H- Houston. 
Houston? Houston? Tex. Tex. All right. Mm-hmm. That's 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 fair. And finally, we have Daniel Barefoot. Come on, that's not your real name, Barefoot. I don't know. He could be he could be indigenous. Well, now he is a resort in Jamaica, because we're gonna call him Sandals. <laughs> nice. Uh Daniel Sandals Barefoot. And that is the eight dollar tier. Pod yourself a shout out for this week. Thank you guys all uh, for doing that. And a quick reminder, um, we have decided on a week in which we will be doing our uh, long-awaited mailbag episode. It will be the week of May 2nd. So please email fraudcast at gmail.com for all of your uh, questions, comments, or concerns, or, you know, anything you want to send us. Hey, for the- I got a mailbag you can write on. Yeah, it's called My Balls. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, you can also leave a voicemail. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, so get those questions and comments and concerns in immediately. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing. I may not always love you. But long as you eat the gabagool, Chrissy begins to spiral. AJ seems so suicidal. Gobbly knows what I'll do without you. AJ has trouble sleeping. He lays on the couch all day weeping. Voice him on Parisi. He thinks depression's cured by titties. Gobbly knows what I'll do without you.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.